With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, the Back Row Boys are back. Another podcast. Uh, Hutch and Steve with you. Uh, Going to talk pitching. Pitching. You got the whole list. We, uh, there, there's the long I, list. There are so many arms to sift through uh, of guys that are in training camp that I'm, I'm sort of astounded. And, and to be honest, I don't know how many even have a legitimate shot of making the team because there's a lot of proven guys that I'm thinking aren't going anywhere. But originally, uh, and, and Theo said this at the end of the season press conference, you need to have, you know, eight or nine starters and you need to have like 10 relievers, okay. you know, to get right. through a season. Last season, the, the bullpen that we had in September was nothing like the bullpen we had in April. And even though you're expanding the in rosters. What way? And, better? Well, oh, more guys. People-wise. Well, yeah. yeah. And then you, you had uh, guys get hurt. We picked up guys. They took a flyer on, uh, not uh, was it Rafael Soriano or something? The guy yeah, that used to close, right. he was sitting around without a job in the DR, and we're like, "Hey, come down and see if you can do it." Well, he tried; he couldn't do it. So DFA, thanks for trying, you know. And we ended up with Jason Mott. We ended up with Fernando Rodney. Yeah. We ended up with Trevor Cahill. We ended up with Tommy Hunter. All these, none of these guys were with the team, you know, at the beginning of the season. So. And, and, you know, the Cubs aren't the only ones. None of them I'm, are with the team now. Well, some of them are. Um, in the offseason, they uh, re-upped uh, Trevor Cahill. He was in his walk year last year. He signed a one-year deal, so he's in his walk year. And they also signed uh, 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 Travis Wood was arbitration. There was another guy that they brought back from free agency. It's off the top of my head. I can't remember. Uh, but he's in there, too. Clayton Richard? Yeah, that's it. Clayton okay. Richard. So Clayton Richard and Trevor Cahill re-upped on one-year deals. Um, and I'm pretty sure at least uh, Trevor Cahill was promised a shot at being a starter. So we're, we're going to see how that works out. Um, so what's the easiest thing to do? Let's go with the free let, – let's talk starters first. Yeah, you or, might as well. Yeah, okay. Last year, uh, the the Cubs were – kind of remarkable insofar as we never really had a number five starter, but starters one f- through four almost didn't miss a start. Uh, Arietta didn't miss a start. Right. Lester didn't miss a start. Kyle Hendricks didn't miss a start, really. Uh, Jason Hamill uh, kind of had a leg problem, and they put him on the 15-day DL, and then they brought him right back. So they brought him back <clears throat> Excuse me, about as fast as they could. So he may have missed, I think, at the most three starts. starts. Yeah. yeah. So you had uh, kind of a guys, not Lester, but uh, Kyle Hendricks, his previous high for innings pitched in 2014 was 80. So he exceeded that by 100. He pitched 180, 180 innings last year. And then Jake Arrieta added another 100 to, uh, to his previous right. personal best. And actually, 
uh, led the majors in pitches thrown as well as everything else. So is Cahill fighting for the number five spot then? Well, you know, we're going to get to that because the, well, the no, philosophy. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. The, the philosophy with the Cubs was that they needed to have kind of a pool of eight or nine starters that they would be using throughout the year. So they stacked the bullpen with guys that they think that they can stretch out, get multiple innings from uh, when they do appear in relief, but then also start. So, and then they signed John Lackey from the Cardinals for like a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he pitched 200 innings last season. I think it was 218, something like that. So you've got a, guys that saw a lot of work last year and two guys in Arietta and Kyle Hendricks who – by far exceeded any workload that they've ever had before. So I, I, I think the front office is smart in getting some guys that can start if need be. Um, Jake Arietta has not been on the DL in two years. He had kind of a dead arm phase in 2014, I, I want to say like late April, early May, something like that. So, you know, they put him on the 15-day DL and, uh, you know, he missed a few starts and he was fine. He's been fine ever since. He's like, apparently the ultimate workout warrior. What was the thing that Eddie Lacy's doing? The yeah, XO9? P90X. P90X. Yeah. I don't know if he's doing that, but from what I hear, he's like Walter Payton. You know, Walter had the little hill in Northbrook, and right. he would bring people out just to watch him throw up. Apparently, Jake Arietta's workouts are that intense that, that nobody can keep up with him. Well, a lot of extra innings usually could be bad the next season, but it actually might help Kyle Hendricks because throwing that changeup – you know, you might be having a, a, a soft arm for him. It might be a good thing. Well, you know, the way they managed Hendricks was a lot different than the way they managed, like, their heavy horses. Like, Arietta and Lester went deep, pretty much as deep as sure. they could, f- almost every start. And they both made over 30 starts. I mean, the Cubs played so many close games. And, and the thing that they, they really would really help the – the bullpen and the pitching staff is if they score more runs. You know, if every game is like a one-run game in the late innings, um, and we'll get to the bullpen, I mean, that that caused issues uh, for Joe Madden, especially, you know, he wasn't familiar with these guys. You know, he hadn't really managed them before. And there were some issues, especially in May, with uh, Hector Rondon we'll get to. So they've said publicly already that, you know, they're going to try to get the starters out of the games earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. I read that to mean that the four middle relievers that they have, they have two lefties and two righties that are capable of starting, that they're supposedly going to stretch out all spring training. That's For the lefties, that's uh, Clayton Richard and Travis Wood. And for the righties, it's uh, Trevor Cahill and the guy we got for Starlin Castro, Adam Warren, who you know. uh, Yeah. He made 17 starts for the Yankees last year when their rotation was uh, all injured and as soon as those guys started coming back, they put him in the bullpen ostensibly to save his arm. I'm not sure if, you know, they figured he was like the sixth best option for starting or whether, you know, they they really were, you know, trying to uh, keep his arm fresh and, you know, lengthen his career and not burn him out right away. Because you do see that. You see that with, with young pitchers. If, they, if they're overused early in their career, um, they're toast. And I think that's why you see a guy like Scott Boros actually publicly saying, you know, this guy's throwing too many pitches. And, you know, he's just sure. coming off surgery and stuff like that. So I, I, you know, as agents go, 
you know, I think it's rare for them to go public with it, but I, I think a good agent would at least be talking to the GMs and the trainers. Well, and, especially with long-term contracts. I mean, it doesn't do the ball club any good to burn a pitcher out that you, when you're guaranteeing them a six, five-year deal or whatever. I don't know. It's If you look at what the Cardinals did with Carlos Martinez, they had to shut him down in September mm-hmm. right in the stretch drive because he was overused. I mean, it's like, you know, use them up before they're going to be free agents when they're really expensive and then get another one to take their place when they break down. Almost seems like the cardinal way. You know, I, I'm sure it isn't. You know, I'm, I, I don't need mean to be that snide, but it looks that way. Um, the Cubs are not going to do that. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to Lackey and Lester and Arietta, you're going to see those guys, you know, they'll, they'll pitch, you know, they'll probably finish the sixth inning. If there's a lead, maybe you yank them after the right. fifth it's inning or whatever. It's going to be dependent on the score. Yeah, and, and, and the situation. But I don't think, especially in April and May, you're going to see any of them go past seven. And the only time you'd see them go seven is if, you know, they've got like 60 pitches or something like yeah. that. Um, you know, the middle reliever, guys, is kind of a, a strange mix. You've got Travis Wood is in his walk year. He's mm-hmm. making, I don't know, five and a half million bucks. He wants to start. And I think the Cubs have basically told him, or at least tried to convey to him, that you're way more valuable and you're way more effective pitching out of the bullpen. That's the only place he's valuable. As opposed to being the fifth starter. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the fifth starter, you know. In theory, we should be set. We had four last year. They're all coming back, and we add John Lackey. That equals five. Right. Um, the The thing with Kyle Hendricks and the thing with Jason Hamill is is Kyle Hendricks' numbers, actually, his peripherals and stuff last year were pretty good. Um, and even though he pitched 180 innings, he very seldom got through the second time through a lineup. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. He They were pulling him. You know, the, in the minute, fifth, sixth inning? Uh, sometimes earlier. Yeah. You know, if he got into trouble, I, I Madden had no problem well, pulling him in the fourth. Well, they started doing that with Hamill at the end of the year, too, weren't they? There's, you know, for the vast majority of pitchers, um, and you can exempt most of the elites from this, although some of them suffer from it to a lesser extent, your third time through the lineup is when you start getting hit. Mm-hmm. And... It's very rare that you find a pitcher who's more effective the third time you see him than the first time you've seen him. A lot of starters have four pitches that they can throw for strikes. Um, Travis Wood is not one of them. He's basically a fastball kind of slider, back foot slider guy with maybe one off-speed pitch. That doesn't translate well to starting. No. Uh, Two-pitch pitchers I've seen really. They don't last especially three times through the order. You know, if, if, if you, you know, if you look at Kyle Hendricks, you know, his outpitch is a changeup. I mean, his velocity, you know, last year, I think if I looked it up, it was the fastball velocity was under 90 for his average. Now, if you, if you can command it, you can get away with that. Well, sure, because he's got a good changeup. Yeah, but if, if, if you're going to be throwing 89-mile-an-hour fastballs that catch too much of the plate, yeah. they go bye-bye. They go well, very sure, far. Well, sure, but, you know... It, with a good changeup and 88 mile an hour fastball, all of a sudden looks 92. Well, yeah, and that's where you see a guy like Jared Weaver, uh, Jared Weaver of the Angels, get away with stuff. His fastball is slow, or, or Jamie Moyer back in the yeah. day, right? Their fastball is slow, but the breaking ball is even slower. And, you know, hitters are just kind of like, seriously? You got me out with that? 
I mean, it, it's maybe that's the you know macho ego hitter thing where it's like I don't mind striking out on a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball eye high, but if you get me out on a on a changeup down the middle, then I have to go smash the water cooler. Right. I mean, I guess I get it. So um, the the top three starters are are set. You know, Lackey, Lester, and Arietta. Right. And Arietta's already been named the starting uh, opening, opening day, day pitcher. Starter. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Lester will slot in as the two, and Lackey will, for the time being, he'll be the number three. Um, based on last year's numbers and based on the way Jason Hamill finished the season, you have to figure Kyle Hendricks is the number four guy, which leaves Jason Hamill a bit in limbo. Uh, he's not exactly in his walk here because there's an option involved for next year, but I, I think he's the one guy that by the end of the season was shaking his head, not understanding what had happened. He pitched really good in the first half of the season. His ERA was under three. He had, you know, according to fan graphs, one of the best sliders in baseball. But then he tweaked his hamstring, and maybe they brought him back too quick because once he came back, he was not the same guy. He didn't have the same velocity. He didn't have the same command. His his slider went from being like, you know, 2 o'clock, 8 o'clock to, you know, Three o'clock, eight o'clock. You know, it's just okay. like a frisbee right. that guys were hammering. And um, you know, guys, you know, it's a long season, and and none of the Cubs pitchers, with the exception of Lester, I think, uh, on the starting staff, had ever gone that deep and you know pitched in the postseason. So at least now they know what it's going to take to get be healthy at the end of September. Well, do you think it's spring training for the five spot between Cahill and? Hamill? I think that that's Depending what they told. I think that 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 is what they they told Cahill. I I think that Jason it's Jason Hamill's job, and if he if if somehow he has some disastrous spring training, um, then they're going to have to look at what to do with him because, uh, the the good thing about Hamill is you could probably DFA him and clear and he would clear waivers because he's making like ten million this mm-hmm. year, so you could probably get him back to Iowa. He can refuse. But I don't think he would. I think if you were going to, you know, pay me $10 million and ask me to go to Iowa versus I'm going to face free agency when. When you had an awful spring? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you, you, you know, you might be able to get him into Iowa and let him sort it out. You know, he was really good. And I was glad that they got him back. Remember, we shipped him to uh Oakland, Oakland with right. Jeff Samarja in, in at the trade deadline in 2014. Yeah. That's how we got Addison Russell. And then immediately we signed him right back and I was like, "Great. Look what we got. We got Addison Russell for 3 months of Jeff Samarja." Right. Which sadly for, you know, Oakland that didn't work. They had to blow that whole thing up. Um we mentioned on an earlier podcast in case you forgot the trading deadline is August 1st this year. What do you do? Yeah. What what's that one day? <laughs> yeah, because it was on a on a Sunday one or because it was on a Sunday or right. something. I don't know what that has to do with anything. You know, all year what so the trading deadline taxes is. Taxes are so. due to like yeah. the sixteenth this year. It's uh-huh. well, it's it has to do with giving you extra time over a weekend or something. Yeah, it's like what difference does it make? Um, okay, so you know, to my mind, you know, and this this is barring any sort of injuries and stuff like that. You know, Jason Hamill is your number five starter unless somebody can prove during spring training that they'll do a much better job. Not a better job, a much better job. 
And there's a couple of guys that we'll sift through, you know, once we get through the rest of the bullpen as far as like, is this guy capable of, of stepping in and being a quality, you know, once every five game major league starter? There's one guy in particular that, from what I've seen, may be able to do it. All right. Um, okay, so we did the starters, so now... When you're I'm, leaving Trevor Cahill there in, well, in the we were talking about, spot, so to well, speak. Well, I think there's two guys in the sixth spot. I think, you know, because we don't have... We, we only have John Lester as a lefty starter. Um, Clayton Richard, I think he only started three games for us last year, but his ERA in those three games was three, and he pitched 18 innings. So he was quite effective at getting through, you know, two trips through the order relatively unscathed. You know, ERA of three is not bad. No. I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to win you a Cy Young, but it's still better than, you know, a lot of other ERAs you see out there. Right. Clayton Richard is is a an anomaly. He's probably one of the best athletes you'll ever see on the pitching mound. I think he was like all state high school in like two sports. Okay like football and baseball and stuff. We got him from Pittsburgh last year. That's like Tom Glavin. Well, yeah, what was he, hockey player? Hockey player. Yeah, football versus hockey. And, you know what side of the fence I'm golfer. coming down on. Well, all pitchers are scratch yeah. golfers because basically that's their spring training. Right. They, they just go play golf. <laughs> you know, and then they play golf all winter. And it's like, why are quarterbacks so much better football players or, I'm sorry, better golfers than wide receivers. I don't know. I mean, they don't appear well, to have as much physical skill as as sure. like Calvin Johnson, but um, it works out that way because they spend all their time on the on the golf course. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Sean Salisbury. Remember him? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. ended up doing ESPN. I remember playing golf with him and his agent when he just got out of college, and, and he was already like a four handicap, and I'm thinking, how much golf does this guy play? <laughs> right. He goes from the golf course to the meeting room and then out to the practice field, throws throws some down and outs, a couple of bombs. Okay, see ya. <laughs> back to the golf course. Yeah, go, go back to the range and, you know, I don't know, hit some hit some wedges. I don't know. It's kind of funny how, like Rick Roden's another guy. Yeah. Pitcher is a scratch golfer. I mean, give me a break. Um, so Clayton Richard strikes me as being – an option to start based on what he did last year and well, based on his history. Well, he wasn't that good on the bullpen. Um, well, I'll tell you. Everybody says that, but I, I will point this out to everybody, that in a game that I have seen literally 50 times, in the uh, Johnny Holstaff clincher against the Cardinals, um, where uh, we ended up winning 6-4 with Schwarber putting one on top of the video board, um, Jason Hamill was was yanked in the third inning. Right. And Madden, under no circumstances, wanted any part of a Game 5 in St. Louis. He wanted to end it right there, right then. Um, their backup catcher hit one down the right field line. It was it was tied 4-4. Four to four. Uh, Tony Cruz was coming home. He's since been cut, and, mm-hmm. and he's moved on from, from the Cardinals. Solaire threw him out to keep it 4-4. Four four. Next inning, uh, you know, Rizzo hits a solo shot off Seacrest. Now it's 5-4, and then Schwerber makes it 6-4. But in the seventh inning with two out, they brought in Clayton Richard to pitch to, I believe, Jason Hayward. Right. And he got him out. Okay. And if he doesn't get him out, that does not set up well for Strope pitching the eighth and Rondon yeah, pitching the ninth. Point? So you, My point you is that he gets 50 times no, no, no. and he came in and got one guy out in a very crucial situation. But yeah, because he, got the one, because he got well, the one guy out. You know out. what? Sign him up for he, a Cy Young. I'm just saying Jesus. that, like, 
he was effective <laughs> where Madden asked him to Great. be effective. And he's if you want to start all year long, guaranteed that. I'm not Boy, guaranteeing you got a diamond in the rough there. What I'm <laughs> all I'm trying Jesus. to say is people forget that that he was very effective. These these are major league pitchers. They all eventually get somebody out. It happens. People are effective in certain situations all year long. It, so, well, so I, congratulations you know, to him for doing it, but he wasn't that effective out of the bullpen overall. What I'm, what I'm saying is the importance of him getting that one guy out set up the rest of the bullpen for the rest of the game because if he doesn't get that guy out and they have to bring Strope in early, Strope is at risk of now, you know, he's yeah, going to fit. they don't get swept by the Mets. Again, <laughs> you know, there's a point here to be made. I understand as a White Sox the, fan, you don't want no, to relive this. I don't this, understand but the point. The point is, I'm trying to. You keep interrupting me when because, I tell you the point. Okay. The point is that because he was effective just getting the one guy out, and I believe he only threw one pitch, just because he was effective getting the one guy out that set up the bullpen for the rest of the game and allowed them to succeed. If you bring in Strope in the bottom of the seventh, with guys on base, and he gets in a little trouble, now when do you bring in Rondon? You're going to bring Rondon in in the eighth and ask him to pitch the ninth because you've emptied your bullpen. You've already had everybody in the bullpen pitch. So him getting that one out was super key to them winning the game, even though they had a two-run lead and even though he only had to get one guy out. The one guy out that he got out was critical. Great. I mean, mega critical. Great. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but so you're resting your laurels on one game. Yay. I'm, no, so I'm trying to illustrate Joe... to you the importance of having a, a lefty-only guy, having a log who's good at it, as opposed to somebody okay. who isn't. There, there have my been point, pitchers. My point is, is I'm not saying he's necessarily really good at it. He did it once that you are recalling, but how about all the other times before that? He was. I thought he was very effective in I the didn't. different situations that they brought him in. He wasn't perfect. He didn't end the season with like a 0-0 ERA. But he was good, and he, and he pitched in all sorts of different situations. And I was like, I was very impressed by that. So I think that body of work, when you're looking at how to build your bullpen this season, I think that counts for a lot more than what one of these newcomers may do in spring training. Okay. That's why I think you're going to see Travis Wood, who is very effective out of the bullpen, and the other thing with Clayton Richard, like Travis Wood, is they can pitch more than one inning. I know we're talking about him just sure. being a lefty-only guy and only getting one guy out. If you have guys that can pitch multiple innings, like two innings, or an inning and a third, mm-hmm. or an inning and two-thirds, you know, whatever, you save the back end of your bullpen, which is thin right now. So you have the two lefties, you have Wooden Warren, or I'm sorry, Wooden, Wooden Richard, right. who can pitch multiple innings, and are capable of starting if you ask them to, although I, I, I don't see them asking Travis Wood to start unless... Something really bad happens. Yeah, if, 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 they're, if, if they're insisting that Travis Wood starts, there's been like, I don't know... A, lot, a rash of injuries. Something really, really bad, like the bus went off the cliff yeah. with all the pitchers in it or something. <laughs> okay, so, that, so we got Wood and Richard. Now, on the, for the right-handers, there's a new guy, Adam Warren, that we got in the Starling Castro trade. And Trevor Cahill. Trevor Cahill is basically the right-handed version of Clayton Richard. You know, Trevor Cahill wants to start, has started in the past, but exhibited a really strong presence in, like, the kind of middle-inning reliever role when you're pulling your starter after four or after five and you need two innings as a bridge guy. 
He was really good at that last year. His velocity was up in the 90s, and it was amazing because we got him from Atlanta, and he had done literally nothing. His ERA was north of seven, and he was he was miserable. He comes to Chicago, and for us, his ERA was like 2.12, okay. which is pretty so good. So which Cahill are you going to get? Well, I'm assuming. According to you, I'm you'll assuming, get the good one because well, that's, what, that's the last game you saw. I didn't even mention what he did in that game. I'm saying that like when he came to Chicago, he performed. And he performed under pressure in the crucible of a playoff race, right? And he did well. So you got to give a guy credit for doing that. Right? You can't say, well, okay, yeah, you did good in the playoff race, but it's a new year, so, you know, I don't th- I don't think you're that good, so see ya. I mean, I don't look at it that way. I have no I'm idea. I, I am not saying anything about how they're going to perform this year. I, I have not made any projections or predictions. I'm just saying that if you look at the guys that we have in camp, I'm trying to remind you of, of what they accomplished last year. Okay. If, if they have a, a spring training camp that's adequate, I think they're going to make the team. Like uh, Travis Wood today is the 8th of March. Travis Wood gave up, uh, I think, two runs in one inning today. Well, if he's going to keep doing that – then the picture is going to shift, right? It's one inning. Who cares? It's his first week of spring oh, training. Sure. Right. You know, if he's doing that in the last week of spring training or they're leaving him in there to throw 30 pitches and, and they're all getting hammered, well, now now you have to answer some questions. The problems with some of these guys, um, Adam Warren, I believe, is a four guy on the list. Uh, 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 for Cahill and Richard can turn down – Oh, you mean the for the uh, for for their for options? The options. See, yeah, he's a four. I'm not a four or five. It's guy. a complicated process, but basically, if you look at the guys that the Cubs have on the team right now, that we've talked about already, none of them are are really capable of being sent down to the minors, brought back up, sent down, brought back up, except Kyle Hendricks. He's the only guy with options. Mm-hmm. So if Jason Hamill, you need his permission. He's got to pass waivers. Uh, Clayton Richard and Trevor Cahill can declare themselves free agents if you. Oh, it, it, there's a technical term between optioning them and outrighting them. Mm-hmm. If you outright them, they can make themselves free agents. So there's going to be some sort of negotiation at the end of spring, uh, training camp with uh, Jed Hoyer and, and some of the agents of these guys saying, look, we'd love to keep you, but we're going to need you to start the season in Iowa. Same with Shane Victorino. Right. Right. We want to keep you. If, if you if you you know work with us and, and you, you stay in Iowa, we'll bring you up the first chance we get. I... This is one of the things I wrote about in one of the articles on the website is I don't see how they're going to be able to keep all these guys around till September. you got all this depth now, but there's very little roster movement you can make. Yeah. Like Matt Caesar was up and down like eight times last year. You know, and by the way, listeners, you know, when it comes to things like options, it isn't like there's only 15 options and then you can't do it anymore. When you're out of options, that means that the time period that you're able to be sent up and down is over. So you could send a guy up and down literally all the time, you know. Um, I think it's 15 days between the time you can send him down and bring him up. But if somebody goes on the DL, you could bring the guy up the next day. So Matt Caesar was up and down, I don't know, seven times last year. And then, you know, once rosters expand in September, it's a different ballgame. So um, the deal with, uh, again, Trevor Cahill's got more than two pitches. He he appears to be effective. He appears to be healthy. You know, he's got a like a mid nineties fastball. I mean that that counts for something. Hey, There's he's a, a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, so I'm expecting 
that the Cubs are going to ask him to, you know, stretch out, start out in the bullpen, and, you know, kind of see which way guys go. I mean, it's quite possible that you could have Kyle Hendricks go on the DL for 15 days in April and Jason Hamill go on the DL for 15 days in May, and then they may take turns depending on, you know, who you're mm-hmm. playing and stuff like that, which of these guys is going to start. So they're, they're having them pitch, you know, what they say, stretching them out in spring training just for this very purpose. The other right-hander that we have that is, you know, part of our, like, team versatile in the bullpen is Adam Warren. Uh, you've seen him pitch more than me. I saw him pitch one spring training uh, start. He pitched two innings the other day, and he looks like a starter to me. He doesn't even look like a reliever. I mean, just his well, presence on the mound. for the Yankees. Yeah, and, you know, if, if, if you're going to have a right-handed guy that you want to start, he looks to me somehow more polished than Trevor Cahill. Trevor Cahill strikes me, you know, as a little bit of a like a high effort, maybe not a max effort, but a high effort guy who's a little herky jerky, and I'm not sure how well he repeats his delivery. Adam Adam Warren is smooth. Adam Warren looks like a polished major league starting yeah, pitcher. Yeah, you know, I just from what I remember of him, I mean, he was, you know, he would have good games and then bad games. He wasn't he would just, you know, he never strung it together where, you know, he was a consistent every fifth day starter. You know, he would just he would go into a couple weeks of a rut, then all of a sudden he would come back and he would pitch a couple good games. And it, so I mean, obviously he's got the ability as well, but he just never really probably from the Yankee standpoint you know, turned out turned out to be you know somebody in their plans that they knew they could count on. Well, they have. Days. Yeah, I mean, they've got other guys that that need innings and stuff like that. And to his credit, it looked to me like you know his ERA in the bullpen was about the same as his, as his ERA when he was starting, which is about three and a half. Now, three and a half for a starter looks pretty good. Three and a half in the bullpen does not. Right. So it may be that Adam Warren's value to you these days is more as a starter. That's why I'm wondering if Jason Hamill has issues, whether the first guy they go to would be Adam Warren, simply because, you know, he started more games last year than any of the other guys, mm-hmm. like Cahill and stuff like that. And, you, you know, Cahill, when a guy's, like, pitched himself out of your starting rotation into your bullpen and is really, really struggling, is that the guy you want starting Spot the starting. following April? Right. I mean, I don't know. And I don't really know that they're going to really need spot starting. You know, I think for these guys, it, it, you know, it may be better for them to, like, kind of share the workload, pitch a couple innings every third day, you know, and then wait and see when we really start, you know, when you start playing, you know, are they gonna 15 start with games a, in 14 days and stuff yeah. like that. Well, are they going to start with a five-man rotation in April? I assume they are. I mean, I don't know how many people in the bullpen they're actually going to start with. I, I mean, I thought originally it was going to be 12, but now that we're going to get to the back-end guys, it looks to me like it's going to be 13. The guys we've mentioned already, and we've mentioned nine guys that are basically, in my mind, going to be on the opening day roster, and we haven't talked about any of the back-end uh, bullpen guys. Now, last year we had uh, we started the season with four. We started with Neil Ramirez, uh, Pedro Strope, Justin Grimm, and Hector Rondon. They all had their ups and downs, uh, and they all also had stretches of really spectacular play. I think the problem with these guys is that 
you know, they're definitely one inning guys. Uh, they all throw hard, and they were misused badly uh, by Joe Madden early in the year. If you remember, the the Cubs starters pitched really well mm-hmm. the first couple months of the season last year. As a matter of fact, did I well, mention except for Lester? Well, he didn't pitch badly. But he the team wasn't winning. They weren't scoring runs for him. Right. But I mean, it wasn't like well, he was giving up seemed, eight runs in an inning. It seemed like he was down four nothing after the second or third inning and every other start. It, it just, I, I've never seen a he, pitcher who was would, behind every yeah. single game. Then when he would finally only give up one run, the Cubs scored zero. Yeah, it was or two um, to one. Yeah, and you know but, people are blaming David Ross for that. I don't. Um, but but the fact of the matter was, by the end of the season, if you looked at the Cubs pitching staff and what they did. Um, they led Major League Baseball in field-independent pitching ERA. They led uh, the at least the National National League in strikeouts per nine innings. They led the major leagues in uh, uh, walks and hits in innings pitched in WHIP. And uh, you'll have to look at the article on the backrowboys.com because I can't remember everything I wrote. But there were a bunch of categories. They were first in Major League Baseball, not just first in the National League. Now, other important categories, they trailed. They trailed uh, the Pirates and the Cardinals, who also had good pitching staffs. So you look at the staff we had last year, and it was pretty good. Now, who did we lose? Right now, who we've lost is Neil Ramirez because Neil Ramirez – I think, only pitched 14 innings all last season. And they were counting on him to being like one of the key, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth inning high leverage guys. I hate that term. I mean, he was clutch in 2014 in his rookie year. His ERA was, I, I think, him. like one and a half. He threw 95 miles an hour, had a good breaking ball, decent control, didn't walk a lot of people, struck out a lot of people. He was great. Um he had shoulder inflammation early in the season. It was really weird, too. It was like the second week of April, he threw a pitch that didn't even make home plate, and it was like his arm just locked up as he was trying to throw it. So they come out there, they talk to him, they pull him. Next thing you know, he's on the 60-day DL with uh, shoulder inflammation. And I'm like, that's kind of a generic term. Yeah. What does what shoulder inflammation doesn't, sounds like? Doesn't some ibuprofen, it shouldn't be that serious. Doesn't yeah. ibuprofen just take care of it's an anti-inflammatory should they right. just do the job <laughs> so anyway Unless you got to take it for 60 days yeah so then i think he had a setback with some sort of an oblique issue which the cubs have a lot of oblique issues like tommy la like had the, one that's like the is that the new, new new wave injury all of a sudden everybody's got an oblique because everybody's well exerting themselves it isn't that it's that everybody's got like these shoulders and arms that are like so strong that they're like yanking their their core muscles out of out of whack you know right. what i mean yeah, or they're swinging from their heels and yeah you know, uh, batters, batters are getting it so he had one Lestella had one jorge soler had one last year and i you know i'm, I'm sure the training staff is going to kind of look at what they do and be like well okay you know this that or the other thing i mean i'm not a I, I have a television medical degree in diagnostic medicine, but not sports medicine, just from all the episodes of House I've seen. So Neil Ramirez is, is you know, when it comes to the back-end guys, he's the wild card. Justin Grimm established himself last year as being Madden's go-to guy to bail out an inning with guys on base, and he was very successful at it. And basically, you know, Pedro Strope 
has one of the best sliders in baseball, and as long as he maintains having that, you know, he's your eighth-inning setup guy, and Rondone cleans him up, and Rondone was good. Mm-hmm. They used Rondone four out of five games or five out of six games in a seven-day stretch in May last year. Pretty sure it was four out of five. He pitched four out of five games, did really good, but progressively worse each one, and then they, they just wore him out. They overused him, and all of a sudden he couldn't find the strike zone, and then Madden's like, well, you're not my closer anymore. Now we're just going to go with like this matchup system where, well, if there are two, three, and four hitters are hitting in the eighth, why shouldn't I put my best guy in in the eighth? Right. That, that kind of thinking. Okay, fine. That was Strope. Strope was the guy that he would put up against the other team's best hitters for about six weeks. And then Strope went through a period where he was starting to get dinged up. Uh, and then all of a sudden Rondon came back, and then they didn't say Rondon's the closer. It just happens that in the ninth inning they give him the ball, and he closes a game, and he got like seven in a row in in uh, August, I think. And you know he ended up being the closer, and I thought he did very well at it. You know, again, you know, it's one of these things where if you're going to have your closer in their three straight games, I don't know how many how, how many closers are going to succeed there. How many closers yeah, are going are to pitch Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. and close three games for you? And yet they ask Rondon to do it. Well, not only that, but like you're saying, it's if they get through those three games, it's the next week. Yeah, then what? worry about. You know, what happens so, if you're in three more close games the next series? Right. So, I mean, you, you need to have options there. And, and my worry is that, you know, Neil Ramirez is not going to be able to do what he did in 2014 in which case I don't know who you're going to replace him with because he was very effective. Now, there are guys we can sift through. The problem with Neil Ramirez is he's out of options. Mm -hmm. They can't just send him down and say, uh, yeah, go work on it. They're going to have to – I can't remember now if they they have to outright him because he's out of options. They have to DFA him, Mm -hmm. designate him for assignment, and that's basically like he'll go through waivers, and if he clears waivers – then they can send them to Iowa, but I don't see anybody. I mean, I, I can think of six teams right now that, that would take a flyer on a guy like that because their bullpens are horrible. I think he he may end up starting the season on the DL. If, if he's not pitching well in spring training, I think you can attribute it to a health problem. You know, yeah, maybe he's sure. not in shape. He didn't come back um, from his injury last year. You, How many guys have you seen? You've been watching baseball for decades. How many guys have you seen – all of a sudden lose their fastball and can't throw it so fast anymore at the age of 25. Well, not at the age of 25. Right. I mean, at the age of 30, 31, a guy's losing six inches on his fastball. They usually compensate for it with better control and better moxie and more cunning, and then now they're pitchers and not throwers. I don't know. I don't think he looked healthy. I saw him pitch one inning the other day. And it was the same thing I noticed uh, in April last year. He doesn't look loose. There's no, like, flow to his motion. It looks like it's tight, and he's just trying to kind of force it. You know what I'm talking about? And you can can see it. You know, I go to the game with binoculars and stuff like that. But, I mean, you can see it if you knew what it looked like before. It it jumps right out at you. And um, so I'm worried about him. Hector Rondon, I, I felt, was one of the top closers in baseball last year by the end of the season. And I think if Madden would have used him better, he would have clo- you know, saved more games. He still ended up with an ERA of like 1.6, 1. Really? 1.67, yeah. He blew, he blew a couple of saves. 
So what? Yeah. You know, if you, get 40, if you get 40 it. save opportunities and you blow two, I can live with that. Yeah. You know, I think anybody if can. you're not going to make the playoffs, it's not going to be that guy's fault. Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the other wild card to me, um, Justin Grimm started looking kind of tired, uh, especially at the end of the season. I'm hoping he's going to be fine. But Pedro Strope is older. And he's another guy, if you look on the list, I, I think he's another guy that's in his walk here, is Pedro Strope. So Strope is going to be looking to really dominate this year and maximize his next contract. Look for the zeros in that column, and those are the guys in their walk years. Yeah, Strope is in, Strope's in his walk year, right? With a Strope, Clayton Richard, a C note Trevor Cahill. Yeah. Yeah. He he's he's out of options and it, it's basically like if you try to put him in the minors, he can declare himself a free agent and walk. Yeah, Woodstrope. Woodstrope. Oh, Rondone's not in his walk here. I think we got one more year on on Rondone. Oh, well, then this is wrong. But he's got a zero. Uh, well, he's out of options, but he's not in his walk here. We have Rondone. Rondone's under contract for next year. He's like arbitration three, so he'll be do a big raise. He got a big raise this year. All those guys. Strope got a big raise. Grim got a raise. You know. Once you're in your arbitration years, you can start making, you know, mm-hmm. above minimum wage, which, you know, if minimum wage is like over half a million a year, I don't want to hear too, too much crying. <laughs> Although, you know, they gave Sal Perez a, a nice deal. I thought that was nice. You know, it's it's funny what these teams do. Like, if you look at the uh, the Pirates, you know, Garrett Cole's working for minimum wage, and they gave him, like, they forgot to give him, like, the – $22,000 a year raise that they were going to give him because he made the all-star team or something. And they left it out and like, oops, my bad. So instead of being like, you know, 40000 over minimum wage, they gave him a contract where it was 15000 over minimum wage. And his agent is like, seriously? Whereas, you know, Sal Per... Oh, yeah. It was in, there was a little bit of fuss. Garrett Cole's not going to really complain, but you know when it you know when it comes time to start you know negotiating long term extensions and stuff. If I was Garrett Cole, I don't not sure I would sign it with the Pirates, right? Because they're not going to bring in anybody else to help you, right? They're, they've been really well, good at getting DeGro- like good DeGroom years. Groom is kind of going through that. Well, well, he's got to get in line though because there's first there's Doug Harvey, and right. already the talk out of New York is well Harvey's going to walk, and I'm like. Matt Harvey, what, what, yeah, Matt Harvey. I mean, what is it about New York where no one is good enough to play for you? You're like the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> if you're an all-star, we have to get rid of you because you're too. You're not good enough to play for us. I, I don't know what standards they're looking at. Daniel Murphy hit how many postseason home runs? And, and halfway through the series, there were sports writers in New York. It doesn't matter how many home runs he hits. He ain't coming they're back. Keeping and I'm like, well, who are you going to get? Okay, hi, Neil Walker. Mm-hmm. Neil Walker, Superman. To the Dark Knights, Batman. I mean, Neil Walker, seriously? And he was like an institution in Pittsburgh. He was like, had met Roberto Clemente and his father played for the Pirates. And, and well, we'll take John Neese for him. Because, you know, once it comes down to, you know, paying guys, you know, $10 million a year, these guys don't want any part of it. Well, I don't know how you're going to stay competitive. At some point, Andrew McCutcheon is going to have a knee problem and get scoped and be out for three months, and then where's your team now? Right? And now your ace is like, why should I be, like, tearing my arm up for you when I should sure. be saving it for, you know, my arbitration years and my walk year? So I, I don't know quite how that works out. I mean, ball players want to win, 
But at some point, you know, some of these organizations that people are going to look at and be like, well, now wait a minute. John Lackey was minimum wage for the Cardinals last year. The Cardinals easily could have been like, you know what? I know you signed this contract, but you're worth more than this. We're going to pay you $7 million, which is still half of what he deserved. He was their number one pitcher all year because Wainwright went down, right? Yeah. So now he's the only guy you could count on to the point where you're in an elimination game on three days rest. You're trotting him out. He's 38 mm-hmm. and 37, however old he is, right? But that guy, you don't want to pay. If I was a free agent, like you look at Jason Hayward coming to the Cubs, which organization would you want to play for? So I, I think that that nobody said it. This is just my my surmising that I think that's got a lot to do with why the St. Louis Cardinals couldn't sign a free agent all offseason. They got oh, Jed Gorko in, yeah. in a trade and Who whatnot. Knows? Well, they keep saying that they're in it for people, and I, I'm, I'm dubious. I'm like, yeah, sure you are. Well, yeah, you know, Jason, you know, we'll give you a 10-year contract and, and we'll guarantee you, you know, $200 million, but we're only going to pay you $100 million during the length of the contract and then the rest is deferred and, you know, we're going to buy lottery tickets with it. I don't know what they do. You know, I mean, it's complicated. This front office stuff is complicated. Um, so where are we now? Do we talk about the bullpen? Well, yeah. I mean, you- well, Rondon Strope, Neil Ramirez is out of options. We don't know what to do with him. And Justin Grimm, I have a little bit of worry that his workload will catch up with him. Okay? So, so this is the – and this is what all the analysts in baseball are saying is our weak spot, is the back end of our – and they mostly blame it on Rondon. And I'm sort of like – I think what, they're, what, what the thing is is that I don't think anybody trusts Pedro Strope. I think that the struggles he had in Baltimore, like when you talk to listening to national press people and stuff, I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. So in his walk here, I expect the very best out of Pedro Strope. I'm not worried about Hector Rondon. It's Neil Ramirez that, that is the, the real question mark that you're looking to answer in spring training and then you know making sure Justin Grimm is healthy. Last word on the, on the bullpen guys, on the back end guys. Uh, Joe Madden made some offhand comment. And what I love about Joe, Joe Madden is he never, ever makes an offhand comment. All his comments are directed at somebody. He's sending a message to guys in the clubhouse. He's sending a message here, there, you know, whatever. And he basically just kind of chuckled and said, well, yeah, when it comes to relievers, I just, you know, want them in the last week of camp coming up to me saying, hey, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care what they do the rest of the season. Given that kind of an attitude makes me think these guys are all on the team unless they're not healthy and well, and they're not physically sense. able sure. to perform. Right. So in the in the case of Neil Ramirez, you know, I don't know what you do. I think what the Cubs will probably do is keep him on the roster even if he's not totally up to snuff because they don't want to lose him. And then that means – now how many pitchers have we named right now? I think I, be, I believe uh, we're up to twelve. You have five 10, starters, 11, twelve, yeah, right. Five starters. Then you got the four middle guys, the two lefties, two righties. That's nine, and then you got Rondon, Strope, and uh, well, it's uh, you got Rondon, Strope, Grimm, and, and Neil Ramirez. That's, so that's four. Yeah, so that's thirteen. That's thirteen pitchers, right? That that you really can't afford to lose any of them. You know, we've described what their value is and stuff. 13 pitchers leaves you 12 position players. That's four guys on the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, 13 pitchers, I was thinking, was kind of absurd, but 
because you can't send Neil Ramirez down, what are you going to do? They might have to do it. Well, what they probably, here's what or I like, suspect I, they'll do, I, is 60-day DL with yeah. shoulder inflammation. Right, yeah, or that happens. You know, in which case, you know, you're keeping him, and I don't know that he would squawk. I don't know that, you know, he wants to be a free agent when, you know, he's he's not healthy. He only pitched 14 innings mm-hmm. last year. He was so good in 2014. I mean, you want to give him every opportunity to succeed. But, you know, at some point, if, if he can't help you, you know, what are you going to do? That would be a tragedy. If we lost him and he got healthy and went to St. Louis or went to the Giants or went to the Mets, that'd be, that'd be a nightmare. So, in effect, guys like Beeler, Brooks, and Brothers have – well, we're going to no get to well. Team. Well, that's not necessarily true. We'll, we'll take a break and we'll get back to the guys in camp uh, that may or may not uh, be on the team on opening day or uh, during the season. You're listening to the Back Row Boys. We're on the Back Rows. There, you can find us on thebackrowboys.com, also on iTunes and Stitcher.com. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.